Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Airs International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. All right, how's everybody doing on your Omer counting? Are you feeling refined? Are you feeling kind of like torn apart and a little bit raw? Yeah, that's good. If there are things that are residing in a place in your heart where Yahweh wants to reside or things residing in our temple where he is going to release Ruach, but we have something there, that's what this time is for him to expose those things in our heart and rid us of that, right? So we can become more like him. So I, I want to get right to service so mom and dad can start, and I want to because I'm very excited to hear everything that they're going to be releasing about. So last week, they shared the big announcement of the house. Yes. So we're going to be hearing more about that, and then a teaching on, or a releasing on Shavuot. So some dot connecting is coming tonight. But in that, I wanted to just remind us, Mom released some things over us a few weeks ago. Um, And honestly, I had to go back and listen because I was so moved in the moment. I couldn't sit. I couldn't even stay in my seat. I had to stand in the back. But I wanted to, I felt like he was saying, I want you to go back and listen because there is a connection. So right now we're in this month of transition, right? In IR. We're transitioning into the place where Ruach was, Ruach fell. The place where Moshe went to Mount Sinai, right? So we're in this transition time and it's an important time to stay connected. It's an important time to not disengage from where you are. We walked in a place of disengaging from things, right? He took us out of place, uh, it took us through a time to, to release us from things that were not of him, to show us what we could have. Shavuot is coming. And the pledges that we have written over our family are going to be uh, backed up by a family and spoken over us and uh, sealed over our lives. That time is coming. That time when Ruach has a place to land is coming. But right now in the month that connects us to the next, we had Passover and he reconfirmed that covenant with us. And then we're walking through this time where he's revealing secrets of his covenant. And what is coming is when he releases Ruach into us to to have a dwelling place in our temple. And so I wanted to go over something. Mom had released over us about this week what we're headed into when it comes to the Omer counting. So for the counting of the Omer, we're headed into Yosod, right? Is that how you say it? Okay, so I want you to just hear this in the spirit because what is going to be shared with our family again tonight? He's inviting us into another level of owning more of what this family has been given to steward. You're not just a tent peg just here on a Friday night, but he's given us this city to steward, right? So he's expanding our tent peg. He's said that he, in this week, he's releasing us into committing wholeheartedly to a task to be completed. This is what mom spoke over us. That it's a time to engage in the act of the younger generation in order to seal a legacy. So we know that in purchasing a home as a family, that's a big deal. We've walked out of religion. Religion kept us in one place. You just, that's where you are. You've got a building that you're pouring into. Mom and dad came along and said, it's about family. It's about pouring into people. 
And it's about pouring into the next. It's about being aware of legacy. It's about being aware of the next generation. I want to read something over us. So if you can just be, I guess I just want to just release this in the spirit, what mom spoke, but I want you to hear the connection from last week, what was released over a home that isn't just about us and what it's going to do for us, but what is to set up for generations to come. So this is what mom spoke over us. This is what the Omer counting is, but in one full paragraph. In your new beginning, kingdom heirs, you will be protected as you walk through the door. All the provision of heaven will be given to this house when you nail the authority of heaven to earth. You're marked with covenant because the mouth allows the head to see and to go first. You're a son who is marked by being humble. You'll be set apart and protected from the outside world. It's time to take what Ruach says and move through the door. That's when the all spark of life will surround and protect you as the vessel that he is asked to move. This is the time when covenant will be secured. When you let the shepherd hold you in the palm of his hand, that's when the chaos around you will cease. That's what he's speaking over us in this time. Walking in this time of the Omer, you're being refined to look more and more like him every day, every week. He's dispensing more and more of himself. He's bringing just exactly what you need in that moment every day to turn into more and more of him so that you're releasing the things that are not of him and creating a place where Ruach can land. So tonight as a family, I want us to be positioned that if there's anything in us that during this time of Shabbat that we practice, anything in me that is not a reflection of heaven would be laid at his feet right now because I want to be the tent peg that connects heaven to earth. So tonight, mom, dad, we just, we honor you guys. It has not been an easy road. The place that you, that your family has stood to say, this is what's on the other side. That there is a people that can cross over and walk in something new that is not bound by religion. That's not bound by uh, four walls. That's not bound by a mortgage. That's not bound by receiving a tithe in order to pay a mortgage. That there is a people that can be free of that so that we can turn and transform things. Because it's not about us, but about the legacy that we leave And we have you guys to thank for walking in a Moshe spirit that would say, I'm not going to stay in Egypt any longer. And we're thankful for what you carry. We're thankful that you were willing to uh, hit things head on. We were, were thankful for all that you were willing to stand up against to walk us out of that place and to walk us into something that affects generations. I feel like he released so much to me this this week that I'm like, I have three pages of things that I know he wants to talk about, but come on. No, just come up. <laughs> okay, so that was Yasod that you just released. Mm-hmm. Okay. All eight weeks in a paragraph. Did you guys get all that down? <laughs> yeah. It'll be on the podcast, right? Caught on all spark of life. And that's this next week, huh? Um... We are in day 34. You guys know that? We're in day 34. It always, uh, cha- it always changes uh, on Saturday. 
So it just happens, it just so happens that it always changes. So while we are in Shabbat, it shifts. So if you guys remember, one of the ways to count was to say one of the weeks in the week. So this whole week we've been in Hod, which is simplicity, splendor, glory. Um, and today just so happens to be Yesod in Hod. Yesod is foundations. So foundations in glory. And we got the keys. On March 20th, 2022, the keys were dropped in our hands on the day where we are counting our own transition to be prepared to receive something. And as we're walking that out, what he gave us was the day that he says, I want you to focus on that your foundations are filled with glory because the original intent is filled with glory when you are back into his foundations. Not man's foundations, not the foundations of man's kingdom, but his foundations, which is found in a home, not in a building, which is you. Amen? And so we have the keys. And then if you guys remember, we uh, gave a save the date invitation that this Sunday, we are gonna be doing an open house, which is on May 22nd, 2022. I'm pretty sure he's trying to hone in in 5782. Can you please pay attention to the house? <laughs> Double portion, quadruple portion. Can you please pay attention to the house? So uh, we are going to have an open house this Sunday. I remember telling you guys last week, if all goes well, we will have the keys and we will be having an open house, but it was kind of tentative because we didn't know what was gonna happen. And I don't think I have ever seen a transaction be so smooth. One thing after another. See the house, vote, contract in, a yes by that evening, down to, then you have kind of this waiting period where both parties are like dating and you're like feeling them out and then they're feeling you out. They're like, we said yes, but are you really the ones? And we're like, we said yes, but we really don't know if we want that. But the buyers have all the power because basically at any moment we could walk out, whereas they really committed from day one. So even things down to the inspection. It's a two-year-old house. Anybody had an inspection on a house? It's a two-year-old house. There's two. Wait, let me, the realtor told me a couple days ago that he confirmed that the owners were only there for eight weekends since they bought it. <laughs> so it's like not even, it's not even lived in. Now, if we remember what was happening in 2020, right, which was 5780, which was that he was gonna have a say. And that's when this place was being built. So then it's two years old and he said in the year that it's two, we want the house to be purchased and resided in for, for his glory. Okay. So what was I saying? Oh, the transaction. So inspection. I'm used to inspections being like, because it's always been at least a 20 year old home. This was like, there's five things wrong. So we were like, well, we're on a roll. We're just going to tell them to fix it all. And they were like, okay. And then when we got the okay, which was like three days late, it was because they already fixed everything. Like call the contractor, things are, this house is under warranty. 
So things like we need the AC re-leveled, the Miramonte came in and just re-leveled it for us because it's under warranty. So every single thing was just like fast, fast. Oh yeah, that already happened. Oh, and by the way, there was this one thing we couldn't do. So we just threw in $800 in escrow. So you're going to be getting a credit. And it was like, what? <laughs> to then, I think last Friday, that's, I think that we got the inspection report back. We did a final walkthrough. Everything was great. And then, oh, the final walkthrough. We didn't know what they were going to say was personal versus uh, furnishings, right? Because the sale of the home includes all the furnishings. But we didn't know if that meant like, well, they're going to strip the beds. They're going to take the trash cans. Like, we'll get the plates and we'll get the bed. They left everything. Not everything like in a bad way. They took their personal stuff. But like the beds are fully made. I mean, there's still trash cans. So it is a, it is a walk through the door and all of the provision is right there. <laughs> and the ease of that to where they called and said, typically you have to go to the county and you have to sign. But because you're a nonprofit, uh, you don't have to sign. So we're just going to come and drop off the keys. And then the escrow title company. This is the title company. Like they have fees. They're like, because you're a nonprofit, we gave you a 30% discount. So your closing costs were $900 total. So the sale of the home, which I don't even know if I released last week, was $899,000. And the total final cost was $899,98. But then essentially $988, but then we got an $800 thing. So, anyways. <laughs> So what it was not even listed for, we got it for. So anyways, there's just some pretty powerful things. So there's a couple of things that I also want to release. And the reason why I'm releasing again, can I just be honest? First of all, where is everyone? I, this circle feels weird. I feel like you guys are like far away. No? Yeah. Are you guys afraid of the first row? No? <laughs> Way to move Sally and Derek and triplets. Uh, but the reason why I wanted to, <laughs> I know, where's Noel? Oh. So the reason why I wanted to talk about this again is remember last week, I just kept feeling something and I kept pausing and looking and saying, what is going on? It was almost as if looking back to no one's fault, but it almost felt like, it almost felt like a cap on the celebration. Like it felt like we were trying to like, release something that is so celebratory. For, for some of us, it may feel like, oh, cool. But if you know the blood, the sweat, the tears, the vision, to get a family to even look at you when you talk as crazy as we could be debt-free and own multiple properties, or to, or to try to get people to understand that He's in you and it's not about our Friday nights or it's not about a service or it's not about a building. I mean, we've already been through all that, but every time there's another level of glory, there's another press, like what Missy was talking about, where he wants to occupy a place. And in order to occupy that place, we have to recognize that what he wants to occupy, we have to get rid of what was occupying there. And every single time we move, more and more and more gets revealed. And so I don't even know how to... Just, just one, one dynamic personally is one of the stories that we're having to rewrite in our lives is that every time we go to make a move, the door slams in our face, okay? That's just, that's just, that's just personal. That's not even talking about like corporately. That's just talking about personal. Anytime we go to make a move, there's a door that slams and it's a no. 
So to walk into a situation and it was like, I mean, I was at Hobby Lobby and he calls me and he goes, I don't know what's going on, but they accepted the offer. And I, and I was like, <laughs> and I, I'm at Hobby Lobby and I was like, why did they do that? <laughs> like I immediately went into like, cause I'm rewriting my story that something bad's gonna come around the corner. So what does that mean? Why are they doing that? Why didn't they, why didn't they say no? Like I'm all like, something's going on, right? Our stories are be re- being, being rewritten and we're like, you know, people have asked, how does this feel? And he's like, I, I don't know. So even just on the personal side, when the story's being rewritten, there's something that's happening and it's super deep. And so to be able to have a family that is not only for it, understands it, gets it, but also celebrates all of our stories being rewritten, right? Because it does flow. We're seeing transactions happen. We're seeing people become debt-free. I sat here and prophesied over the entire family in November over every single one of your stars, and a lot of people brought finances, a lot of people brought finances. A lot of people had dreams of just being debt-free, which meant paying off $5,000. i am here to say that you can not only pay off $500,000, you can also then completely double your money, be debt-free, and expand the kingdom, and step through the door. So everything she was talking about, and we're in the middle of counting the Omer because it's about our home. So we are in the middle of today that he says, I want you to focus on the foundations being in my simplicity. That's what what I mean. The church world just makes it really difficult. When she said, we need your tithe to pay a mortgage, I, I know that we're at a place in our family where your tithe if I'm just being honest, we don't really know what it's doing yet. Right? We know what it's not doing. We don't. But that is a huge statement. To be able to stand firm and say what we're not going to do makes way for him to say, well, here's what I'm going to do. Because we're trying not to put our hands on it. We're try- we are laying some foundational things, right? We're We're paying for the facility. We're trying to get staffing. We're trying to put some things in order. We're trying to make sure that we're a family that's ready to steward what's to come, right? There's all of that. But sometimes you're just like, all we know is what we're not going to do. And that's all we have. But how powerful is it that what we're not doing is paying Chase Bank with with our money? That we're not, we are in a position to be the lender and not the borrower. That we're not scraping by to be able to just not even move. I don't even know. I mean, people are just scraping by just to stay stagnant. People are, are, people are dying to stay where they're at. If you're going to die, you might as well die having fun. I, I, I don't know. Like, right? Like, if you're going to die, why die in stale water? At least go with the rapids. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't, I, anyway. So, to, to know what goes behind all of that. And last week felt like, I don't know what was going on, but it was almost like, I don't, I don't even know. And so what I wanted to do tonight was to be able to just be like, like um, wanting to ask the, the, the pulse. Um, 
I, I don't necessarily know how to like literally ask that, but wanting to get a pulse of what is it that's going on because in for me, it was like, ready or not, we're moving. And when people are like this and I can't tell what's going on, I'm, I'm the train is leaving. Is there going to be another big shift that I don't understand what's, what's going on? And so anyways, I feel like there was something that he was pressing on. And so that's why I wanted to re-talk about it, even though I know tonight we are going to be talking about Shavuot. We are going to be doing some dot connecting about what's coming. But I didn't want a night to not go by and not talk about that we got the keys. Obviously, remind you guys that we do have open house. Um, but I do want to talk about a couple of things that I wrote down um, I want us to, I want us to understand the vision. So this is, this is what I have in my notes. Earthly frequency. Last week, I felt an earthly frequency. Are we okay? Because here's what it is that he's giving us. He's trusting us with a home that others are going to dwell in. He is giving us an air B&B. Okay, He is giving us the opportunity to generate money instead of being sustained on an old structure. Okay, He's giving us an opportunity to host nations. Because now we have the opportunity. I do believe that what's coming is when things start to blow up and people start catching wind, that there's another way to do this stale water thing and they get bold enough and hungry enough to recognize, they know there's more, but they don't know how to get out of Egypt. They don't know how to, they don't necessarily know what to do. They're, 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 there's gonna be a, I, I believe it, an attraction to Flagstaff for something that we've never seen before. And so we're gonna be able to host that when that happens. It's gonna be an opportunity to host. Uh, I believe we're gonna be able to do in-house retreats because it is a place to dwell. I believe that it's gonna be a place to send. I also believe it is going to be a resource. I know that our family as a whole is just, I can, I can see it happening, us just being able, we're equipped to be able to be a resource, especially knowing that what's around the corner is not going to be um, sustainable. Is that a right word? What was that? Sustainable. What, what's coming, we're not going to want to have our... Uh, we don't want our provision tied to the world. Now, I understand that that sounds like, well, we just bought a home on earth. But what he's doing is he's giving us strategies where a family has the ability to advance and to be a resource in the midst of chaos versus being subject to the system. So we're trying to break away from the system. I do believe that this is just a very, 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 very small break in the system, but it's a start. And that's why I said the train's leaving because every single system is going to crash onto us. The medical system is going to crash. The uh, government system is going to crash. The uh, medicine is going to crash. The uh, money is going to crash. The, uh, give me another system. The church system is going to crash. 
education system is going to crash. And so he's going to want co-creators to be able to release the answers that heaven says, because there is an answer. Why? Because our mindset is to not fly away when the system crashes. It's so that we can rule and reign and walk with his government on this earth. Here's why it's crashing. Some people might freak out. Praise the Lord for it crashing because his kingdom needs to come. His government needs to be established. You cannot, what did I just say about occupying within ourselves? He cannot occupy a place that's already occupied. So if he wants to take over the education system, education system's going to have to go down. There's a governmental system that's coming. Where is it going to come from? His family. That's the original that was the original plan when he put Adam and Eve together. It's good to not be alone. It's going to come from a marriage. It's not going to come. Uh, th that's what I even mean about this whole like, well, um, the church is going to be the light of the world. The church system is going to crash as well. Why? Because he wants kings and priests to govern. The church is not governing. Okay? And I'm not saying that we're supposed to be all authoritative and fully full of uh, governing, but you govern from family. You govern from a position. And when you are raised in that, then you are raised to be kings and, queen, uh, kings and queens and queens and pr whatever. The royal family. Note that I said that because Shavuot is all about king, kingship. Shavuot has everything to do with him handing the authority back to his people, not lowly, uh, uh, wishy-washy part of a earthly system. He's giving his authority to kings and priests who will rule and govern and say that his kingdom needs to be established. He basically at Shavuot gave up. He gave, he gave his kingdom. Okay, at Passock, he gave a son. That's just the beginning, that's your example. At Shavuot, he gives the fullness of the authority, the fullness of his kingdom, the fullness of his provision, the fullness of his government, the fullness of family, the fullness of heaven is given to his bride at Shavuot. For what? For what's to come, which is tabernacles, when he can dwell because we are making room for something even greater to come. But he has to come in a mere image. What, what we've been taught is sit quiet, and when he comes, then all the authority will come. And he's like, do you not understand what happened in Acts 2? I gave up my authority, essentially, to, to have a partner, and I gave it over to watch her partner in my authority to make a way for me to come and rule and reign. Okay. So remember that I'm talking about a royal family because that's what Shavuot's all about. Um, but I did want to talk about one other thing. I decided to look up Mission Timber. I mean, it's super easy. I'm sure you guys have already done this. But to me, I was like, what? Mish it, the house is on Mission Timber. Mission is an important assignment. I mean, we know what mission is, but just think about that. We have an, an, an important assignment. Usually, now let me say this, it's not just an assignment. 
Mission is an important assignment to be carried out. Okay? Typically in the arena of going. Traveling. Going. Multidimensionally. Think, think of it that way. Okay, we have an important assignment that needs to be carried out in the arena of going out. Timber is the wood prepared for use in building. We have an important assignment to be carried out in the arena of multiplying and going to the ends of the earth, and we are being given the resources that will allow us to build. Are we not in the building phase? And typically, when you build, you, you are building what? Home, yes, a ship, a structure. We are going back to the original intent because a structure has been placed. We were willing to tear down that structure and now he wants us to build his structure. And that is our mission. Two, four, three, two. It starts in the home. We go through the door to receive all of his provision to go back to the original intent that it's about a home. Amen? Okay. Feel good about that? Are you guys all coming to the open house? Raise your hand if you're coming. All right, let me actually just do this right now. I'm just going to, uh, this is part, partly an announcement, but here, here's the thing, okay? We have not even stepped foot into that home. We got the keys. We have not stepped foot into the home after it was ours, which means we have not stepped through the fresh threshold. We are gonna be doing that as a family. When we step through that threshold, I want us to be aware that this is for personal use and also not for personal use which means this is the first time we are all going to be seeing this home. And it also means that we have not even done the work to prepare it for it to be ready to be an Airbnb. Basically what I mean is, is it's an open house. You're gonna come, you're gonna look, and you're gonna leave. Meaning we're not throwing a party, right? We're not doing a big cleanup. We're not doing a big setup. We're not jumping on the beds, kids. We're not running around the house. We're not playing basketball. We're not, we are coming and honoring what he has done. We are stepping through the threshold and we are going to taste and see that he is good. We are going to take a look around. We are definitely going to have a couple of treats. It's definitely going to be celebration, but I just wanted to make sure that we understood open house doesn't necessarily mean like food and big party. It's an opportunity for a few hours for us to come and go and allow the family to come and see what it is that he's entrusted us with. What I mean by that is, is I won't even be back in the house until that Tuesday with a tape measure, basically taking inventory on how to get it ready for the rental. So our focus right now is to get it ready to be functional. Our goal is to have it live by June, which is in a couple of weeks. So the cool thing is, is we don't have to buy beds we don't have to buy a TV. We don't have to buy a refrigerator. I mean, it, but we are going to have to get it ready to have turnover. So we're going to have to have, you know, whatever it's going to take. Yes, you're going to have, apparently the rule is times three for every bed. You have to have that amount of sheets. So we're going to have some shopping that we're going to have to do to get it ready. All that kind of stuff. Um, so does that make sense about uh, Sunday? So it's noon to three, open house, which means come, at, come and go. 
Obviously, parking is going to be tight for anybody who's been in Presidio. Just find a spot, park. You can totally park on the street and then um, find your way to the house. There's a park there. I know that a lot of the elders and board will be there to be able to host and uh, answer questions. We're going to be parking near the park so that there's more room for parking. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Is that it? Yeah. What? Oh, yeah, take your shoes off at the door. It was, well, this is what I mean by, it's a take your shoes off moment. We were actually looking at a couple of properties that were around $1.8 million, and it was really interesting. It was super obvious. As soon as you walked in, you had to take your shoes off, and they even had little booties there, and I had to put these red booties on before I could walk around the house. This, did I tell you guys this already? I feel like I said this, no? We go into this house, and so I start taking on my shoes, and he goes, oh, no, you don't need to do that. And I was like, yes, I do. I started looking around because I could feel it. I, I, well, I'm pretty sure at that point the contract was already, I mean, I, I had to feel it. <laughs> it happened that fast. But I thought, no, we're going we're gonna to take our shoes off and we're going to honor this as, as, anyways, as heaven's resource. Amen? All right. Ooh, are you guys getting ready for Shavuot? Um, I don't necessarily feel like there's a lot for me to teach on Shavuot, and I don't know why. And maybe when we have a family night, I'll end up finding out that I should have taught more. I, I meaning, I don't know. I mean, I could ask you guys questions and we could totally talk about it, but I just kind of want to lay a couple of spiritual things because tonight is heaven awareness since we hijacked the service last week. And I do want him to be able to release and dot connect for what's coming because we really felt that this year there was something very significant about Shavuot as a whole, that this family has endured a process and it is time to stand in a place and be commissioned. And I'm gonna go through the Exodus story for you guys to understand what I'm personally seeing. Um, so I don't, I, yeah, I, I don't necessarily, I don't wanna go into teaching mode, but I do wanna teach a little, a little bit about it. So basically I wanna give you guys two areas of scripture. Exodus 19 through 25. Not verse 19 through 25. There's actually about six chapters you're going to have to read. You guys okay with that? Um, but, but seriously, when's the last time you guys have read that story? Could you be as vulnerable as me asking to raise your hand? When's, have you read in the last year that Exodus story of Mount Sinai? Surely has. Ellen has. No, Diana has red parts. So here's what's so crazy is sometimes it's so easy for us to just know the story, right? And, and then it just becomes, and I read the story and I was like, did you know that it said? Oh my gosh, there was one thing that I just, now I'm not gonna even be able to find it. Okay, moreover, I will take sickness away from your midst. That one thing. What, there might be something important with these chapters. What's going, what? Moreover, I will take sickness away from you. Wait, hold on a second. Because you guys know that I'm not about just picking out the good ones. Remember when I was talking about Deuteronomy where it's like, I am the head and not the tail. But then when it says, you shall count. <laughs> now that was before Jesus. So was the head and the tail, but you claim that all day long. So I am one that will embrace the suck of the Old Testament. So 
So I'm allowed to embrace that he will take sickness from my midst and amen and be okay because I'm authentic in that. Amen? So, so read the story. So anyways, Exodus 19 through 25 is kind of uh, where, where I want us to be. And then, of course, Acts 2. So as we know, when we're talking about all the feasts, there are three times a year that we are, t- we are to honor him. There are three times a year. Spring feast, Shavuot in the summer, and then fall tabernacles. Okay? There's a couple more feasts within those, but for the sake of time, there are three times that we are to do this. Shavuot, uh, all of the spring feasts and Shavuot were fulfilled. Okay? That means that the mere image of the Old Testament happened in the New Testament, which means what we're doing is rehearsing and remembering that he fulfilled them. Okay? So we are walking from a place that we get as his people to honor both things. We are honoring the beginning, which was Mount Sinai, which is where Shavuot started. Okay? We are honoring that. We are also honoring what happened when he fulfilled Mount Sinai to his people in Acts. Both things are happening during Shavuot. Just like with Pesach, we are honoring the blood on the doorposts, and we are honoring that he was the final lamb over our doorposts. Okay? Same thing happens all the way up to Shavuot. Here's what's so powerful. <laughs> I, I could fall over right now. Because I was born, I agreed to my scroll for such a time as this, for me to be here on this night to explain to you why this is so important that Shavuot was fulfilled and why Tabernacles has not been yet. Because it, it well, it won't, I don't know how to say it that. But ultimately, it's because it was given to you. It ends with you. So what I mean by that is 2,000 years later, I said, yes, I'll be the crazy one that likes to demolish religion and wake people up out of their slumber that it is not finished. I know you were all taught in the Greek that he yelled, it is finished. And we all know that it is finished in him because it was before the foundations of the earth. So he knows the whole story. But there's a role for you. And our role is still ongoing. If you say it is finished and bury your head in the sand, but there's still stuff going on, maybe it's because you're supposed to partner. Right? So when I say this, I'm just saying, like, that is a powerful thing that I was born for such a time as this, such a time as this, to be able to tell people that it is not about us digging our heads in the sand and just saying, thank the Lord for the beginning of the church, and it was Pentecost, and one day he will come. And I don't have any authority. I don't have any idea, identity, and I have no idea, right? I'm just, I'm on a rat wheel. I'm just, just going, waiting for one day for him to fulfill the story. Well, at Shavuot, he gives his story to his people so that his people can begin to establish his government on earth. He gives that power 
to his bride, to his people, so that he can ultimately come back and have a government to reside in. Okay? So, Shavuot is super powerful. And it's very simple. Okay? Here's what I saw. In Exodus 19... Actually, let's start with Exodus 18. Sorry, you're going to have seven chapters to read. I find this interesting. Okay? We all know we left Egypt. We had some journeying to do. There were some bitter waters. There was some complaining. There was some, I don't know about this Moshe guy. Right? There was this, I would rather go back. Right? There's all that that's going on. And then all of a sudden, the father-in-law shows up. Do you guys remember my revelation about the father-in-law? Do you remember that? It's it, it, Really quick, it was a revelation that Yahweh is my father-in-law. I know. What? But what he showed me was at a wedding, the only thing that I have to offer a father-in-law is that I love his son. Because he doesn't know my past. All he knows is my future. So when I'm at a wedding, my dad knows my birth. He knows my upbringing. He's got his issues of letting me go, right? There's all this stuff. But a father-in-law is like, just love my son. And he's good. It was like this huge revelation that like, I have no history with this man, right? This Yahweh that he's revealing to me. So anyways, this is so powerful. So in in chapter 18, the father-in-law shows up and gives some pretty powerful advice. You're going to burn yourself out, Moshe. They're all bickering a lot and you have a lot of people and you're not going to make it if you keep doing this by yourself. Would you appoint some leadership to kind of help out with some of the issues? What has been going on in our family since about last year, I would say, has been a real smashing, grinding process. If I go through the history, which I'm not going to, we went from A to B to C to D to E to I mean, we just kept flowing and going and Gideon's army and I mean we're I mean we're just we're just trying to figure this out right well this last year he really has been ironing out eldership right you've been hearing about that the elder brother the elder sister spirit and so isn't it interesting that right before all this cool stuff happens he appoints some leaders to do the like even down to uh Noel go Go, he's not here so I can do this. Go, go. He's like Joshua, go. I will take Aaron and her up the mountain and I will just watch. Noel can fight now. I've been fighting, right? Or whatever, whatever that is, right? I mean, so there's been some things that have been happening and you can see things begin to shift. We were in chapter 18 this whole last year. Or, I mean, if you're just looking at timeline-wise, okay? Then you move into actual Sinai is in 19. And then he gets some pretty descriptive things that he needs to go and tell the people. I don't know if I can get into all this. Then he goes into all, he goes into these like top 10 things. Uh, They're super powerful. Uh, One of the things I wanted to read to you was... I wanted to read this over you guys.
Maybe when he's ministering, I'll find it. Um, well, maybe it is here. Moses went up to God, and Adonai called to him from the mountain, saying, Say this to the house of Jacob, and tell B'nai Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now then, if you listen closely to my voice and keep my covenant, then you will be my own treasure from among all the people, for all the earth is mine." So as for you, you will be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you are to speak to my people. That starts this whole thing. I want my people to be more than a church. I want my people to be a holy nation, a priesthood. If they will just hear my voice and listen to my instructions. Now, you have to understand they were on a journey up until this point with no instructions. That's why we've been walking out each day and working on, uh, working on our own temple to, to present ourselves. Because he basically goes in and says, you might want to sanctify yourself for what's about to come or you're going to die. The glory that is about to come, the power that you are going to receive. So many people view this as a negative thing. Oh, man, he's going to give instructions. And then he's like telling you how you're going to die. Yes. He wants to give his instructions because he's saying, I don't want you to die. So many people are like, oh, he's so full of death. And he's like, if you break this, you're going to die and you're going to be stoned. If you read, the, the top 10 commandments are awesome. Read on. You let your animals eat from another man's land and you don't pay restitution? But come on. We're losing his instructions. We got people picking off other people's land saying, that's mine. I'm entitled to that. No, then we don't even know the word restitution. We don't even know how to make restitution. We do not know how to walk like a different kind of people. Could we be a different kind of people that actually has a father's instructions to where we would be obedient to that? Not because he's this mean father, but because he wants us to be set apart. He wants us to be priests that bring his government, which means you can't be eating off someone else's land. Or you have to obey your mother and father. Or why don't you stop cheating? Come on, we've got a church with no power because we're cheating, we're cheaters. You cheated on Monopoly, come on. Could we be a people that walks above reproach and actually has convictions and is holy and isn't looked at it as like, well, that's just the law? It's to save me. And it's impossible without the elder brother. So I'm not saying that you've got to obey all this so that you don't die. You won't die because you have grace through the elder brother who gave the example, but he's just the beginning. He empowers you to walk the way that he walked so that that's where we're going. So then, okay, so you've got your, your top 10 commandments. Isn't it weird that one of them is to honor Yom Shabbat? 
I have people and businesses. Now it's starting to like rub me the wrong way. I, I have to, I have to, I've got to check my heart. I'm sure there's a law in there about that. I'll get there. There's 613. I'm sure there's something on there. But now I've got these businesses that are like, I'm like, hey, are you open on Sunday? Oh no, I'm closed on Sunday. You know, and then I'll just, I'll just be like, ah, because it says honor Shabbat and we've been tricked and we're trying to get back to the original intent of what Shabbat is and when is that and why is that and what does that mean? And oh my gosh, there's so much stuff, you guys. Uh, there's so much stuff. Days matter. I know it's about the heart. I get that. But when you have matured, there is a time and a place for that. And he absolutely honors the heart. But when you've matured and you can receive more, he wants you to know the why and he wants you to walk it out correctly. I would never want my sons to end at a place. Well, but mom, it's about what's in my heart. <laughs> That's the problem. We need to deal with, with what's in your heart, right? Like, at the beginning, there's a time where it's like, okay, I get that. But then there comes a point where it's like, all right, big boy pants. Okay? So, so, anyways. He goes through the Ten Commandments. Then he says, here are my ordinances. And he just starts to pour out his instruction. If you could look at it through that filter. Loving instructions of how to be a set-apart people to actually different from the world. To walk different from the world, you're gonna have to obey this and not obey a curriculum. Or obey this and not obey the latest pastor's teaching, right? It, to be a set apart people where it says, I can take away sickness from your midst is walking in this way. Then he goes on and he says, there's three harvest festivals. And then he starts talking about what you're going to celebrate. I mean, all of this stuff, he just starts to like iron out. This is Shavuot. This is the process that we've been walking out. We left Egypt. We're kind of like manna every day. And then all of a sudden this moment happens where he says, sanctify yourself. Prepare yourself. Get yourself ready. Because I'm about to give you myself I'm about to give you the secrets of the kingdom I operate from that I want you to have on earth. These are not just flat, like flippant. These are, these, ah, these chapters is heaven's culture. Where do you think he got these laws? Because he was like, hmm. Where do you think he got this? He's just giving his culture. He's a father giving his household to his people. You have to remember he's talking to these people who have forgotten, but never forgot that he was their God. But they have forgotten how to live by his culture because they were living under Pharaoh for over 400 years. So they had his structure, his laws, his rules. And Yahweh is saying, don't forget where you came from. You know all this. You were here before. But see, the problem is we've been so tricked that we're like, mm, I don't know about that law. It, you don't need to know about it. You already have it. This is where you came from. You've just been tricked so you don't like to hear where you came from. This is his culture. 
He's giving his culture to his people. This is why it's a powerful, powerful tool. Shavuot, Shavuot is so powerful because it's not just the shaking and the tongues of fire. It was what that all represented for them. They knew that there was going to be a renewed covenant that was going to come where they knew that the law and the culture of heaven would get out of a book and get into their heart. And they were told by Yeshua himself, you go to Jerusalem and wait. Do you know why they were told to go to Jerusalem? Because that's where you were supposed to celebrate the feast. They already knew that. They were on their way to Jerusalem. He says, wait. They knew that a renewed covenant was going to come where this culture would not just be by a rabbi telling them what to do and how to do it, but that it would be written inside their hearts. And that is what happened in Acts. Yes, tongues of fire. I could go into a whole teaching. Tongues of fire is all awesome when you're Pentecostal. But at the end of the day, what was imparted was understanding. All these different cultures begin to go to Jerusalem and they're starting to speak in a language that understanding began to permeate. It's the reversal of the Tower of Babel. So many things got fulfilled during that time. We only want to talk about the thunder and the lightning and the shaking and the trumpet and the roar, but a spirit of understanding got dispensed on, on his people and his culture went inside of them. And his culture was so crazy, they were accused of being drunk. Because that's how far off we have gotten. Okay, so these laws, when you read them, the filter is, this is his culture. And he is trying to teach an earthly people how to operate and bring heaven in the midst of heathen, in the midst of uh, education system, in the midst of not his structure, in the midst of government, in the midst of Babylonian uh, Babylonian exile, right? In the midst of all of that, he's saying, this is how you're going to dispense my culture. Did you understand why I said that Yeshua was the cheap one? I know that's crazy to say that, but that was just the beginning. He gave his son to give way or make room for you to go through a journey because ultimately through his son he said I want you to have the fullness of my culture does that make sense when I say that I'm not trying to diminish it he's the access point I'm just saying how much more that there is you got Yeshua at the first feast now you're getting his culture his ways his thoughts his feelings the way he operates how to walk how to, how to talk, how to think, how to move, wisdom, understanding, power, and authority. You need to operate with these because what's coming is a lot of power and authority. And you will not govern properly if you're an orphan. If you do not know his culture, he will not let you govern. And it, well, I, yeah. Does that make sense? If you are not a king, if you are not a priest, if you are not a son, if you are an orphan and you do not know your identity and you do not know, what is he going to give you to govern? So he hands over to himself at Shavuot. So he goes through all this. So 
So he put some things in order, right? I walked you guys through, put some things in order. Then Mount Sinai happens. And he basically gives his people access. Then after he does all that, he cuts a covenant with them. What is covenant? Promise. This is my culture. You receive my culture, which means you take my name. Right? It's a wedding. When I, when I walked down that aisle, I came under his name. There's no more Canaan. Right? I, I took on his name. That means whatever I do, I'm representing his name. Not even mine anymore. I'm representing his. I am a mere reflection of his culture. Whatever I do, whatever I govern, whatever I'm following is a direct reflection of Brewer. This happens at Shavuot. You're taking his name. You're saying whatever I do from this covenant moving forward, I'm representing your culture. I'm representing your name. You might want to learn his culture and his name. Think about Proverbs 31 where it says that she will cause her husband to be respected at the city gates. It's the same dynamic. Mm -hmm. So he cuts a covenant and he basically says, it's like it, Shavuot is the wedding day. That's what I'm getting at. Shavuot's the wedding day. There's a partnership that happen, happens at Shavuot. This whole journey that you've been on has been to sanctify yourself in order to receive his name. That's why you're walking out foundations in glory because he's like, have you looked at that? I know that before I got married, we had a long engagement. It was like three years. There, that whole time I was looking at myself physically, mentally, emotionally, when I was dyeing my hair. Yeah, I was, I was getting ready. I was oiling myself up. I was about to become a full partner. I was looking at things I never looked at before. I was gonna be partnering. Somebody was gonna be looking at things nobody's ever looked at before. I had to prepare myself, right? That's just physically. But emotionally, mentally, my culture, right? I'm looking at my foundations. I'm looking at the, what I think about glory. What is simplicity? I'm looking at the all spark of life. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at beauty. I'm looking at all these things. And I'm sanctifying myself lest I die because of the fear of the Lord. Meaning there was an aspect of this was a holy thing. There was a fear, not a fear like I'm scared, but there was a fear that I would walk worthy to wear the ring. That's what's happening right now. That's why we're counting the Omer. We are walking, we are sanctifying ourselves because there is a ring that is about to be put on your finger that is going to represent to the world, you are a holy nation. You are a Torah-keeping people. You are the ones that know the old and the new and what's to come. You are omnipresent along with him. You can stand in one place and everything because of him from the past to the present to the future is all sucked into your scroll right now on this earth. So what happens after chapter 24? The title of chapter 26 is Curtains. 
What happens after he makes covenant? Build! 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 Build a place that I may dwell with you. Carry my culture that you may build a place that I may dwell amongst the people. And here we are 2,000 years later still rehearsing building Sukkot because we are working towards tabernacles where he will literally come back and dwell in your dwelling place. But this is the reason why I was born for such a time as this because when you don't know the times and seasons and you're just like, I wonder, I wonder when he's going to come to take me out of this horrible structure. And the whole time he's like, my wife has power. And she's sitting there like she doesn't. Okay. That's a whole. There's another whole thing. But do you see how it creeps in? Women, don't you preach. Women, don't you talk. It's so subtle because, because, and then, and then it's like wrapped up in like, he's on the throne and he's like, I don't have identity issues. You do. I know I'm on the throne, but I asked you to be at my right hand side and you're sitting there like a lump on the log waiting for me to do what? Give you the Torah again? Show up in Acts again? Send Ruach again? Empower you again? Okay, fine. Marry you again? Like Can you imagine? I need you to I need I need you to do this again. <laughs> now, what we're gonna do is that we are gonna do it again. But it's from not from a place of I have to do it again. It's an anniversary. It's 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 an it's an anniversary. This is why it's so even Pentecostals will say it's the birth of the church. Happy birthday. No. No. It is an anniversary. It is a covenant. This is where you become a holy nation and you are representing his culture. So what we're doing is we are rehearsing and remembering our anniversary, our wedding vows, our pledges that we have written It is our time to remember that we are a holy nation and our family is going to walk different. Here are the vows I have written down. He says, here are the vows I have written down. Now go and make disciples. (laughs) Go and multiply and go out. And that is why Acts 2 is so powerful because we act like it's separated. But all of those disciples, they knew. They had been, they had the year prior to Acts 2, They were in Jerusalem honoring Shavuot. They did that their whole lives. Who was one of the people uh, that preached in Acts 2? Peter. Peter honored Shavuot the year prior. They knew that it was the anniversary. They knew that 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 is when. One more thing, and then I'm going to like let you go. It is the time that he says that Yahweh 
you get adopted into the family that Yahweh is the God of Jacob, Isaac, and Abraham. You get that bloodline. That's the anniversary. It's a wedding. It's a, it's a, it's a wedding. That's why it's neither Jew nor Gentile. At that time, it was Ruach had come and said that I am giving myself to the people. And that is when they were able to honor that he was the, that it, does that make, he's the God of that family. That's how, why we're Hebrews. We're tied into that family. Peter had been celebrating Shavuot. They knew what to do. They also knew the prophets, right? So you have Mount Sinai where he basically says, here is my law, here is my instructions, and I'm giving it to my people. Why? So that you don't die, not so that I can kill you, but so that you don't die in and of yourself. Then they kept messing it up. They couldn't do it. So he's like, all right, I'm going to send my son, and he's going to show you how to do it. And he was Torah observant. Read your word. Okay, that's why he didn't say, I came to abolish. He said, I came to fulfill. I did not come to get rid of, but to fulfill. That's because he was fulfilling Shavuot. He was filling those, but he never said, I fulfilled tabernacles because he said, I'm only about what my father's business is. And he also said that when I leave, something greater is coming. So then when Ruach comes to empower his people, that's why I say it's not finished because the story's not finished. I really hope the story's not finished, <laughs> right? So that, that's what I mean when I say that. It is finished before the foundation of time, but there is a time and a place on this earth that he is going to overlap his before the foundations, and it's going to line up, and he's looking for that mirror image. Well, he found the mirror image in Acts. His son had come. His son had left. They had waited. It had been 50 days it was for such a time as then that he said, they have rehearsed, they know, and here, here I come. And basically, the, the, uh, the other half of Mount Sinai happened in Acts. What I was going to say is, is that they, Peter, they knew the prophets. So not only did they know about Mount Sinai, they also knew that the pro prophets prophesied. They prophesied that this was going to happen. They said a renewed covenant is going to come where I write my Torah on their hearts. They knew those things. Yeshua knew those things. He taught those things. So then when it happened, they weren't thrown off because they were rehearsing. They were at the right place at the right time doing the right things, which is what's happening right now. That's why you're doing the right things at the right time. No matter how much of a struggle, no matter how much it's failing, it doesn't matter. You were at the right place at the right time because we are a people that is rehearsing, remembering, and pulling forward through prophecy, which is what is governing. You're governing, which means you're always at the right place at the right time because you're actually governing. You're not sitting there waiting for someone else to govern you. You're the government. <laughs> so you have that power to be able to do that. Amen. <laughs> like, so, things have never been more clear, like, about purpose, like, ever, than, like, right now. Foundations I've, in the glory. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think a lot of times when we think about why we talk about governmental family, this family's a governmental family. 
And a lot of people think, well, that means I'm going to just declare and decree and I'm not going to beg. I'm going to declare and decree it. And I'm going to say it and I'm going to declare it. And that means I'm governing. And it's almost like we're the cause of, of government when in reality, honoring what he honors causes you to govern. Governance is a byproduct of honoring what he honors. Governance isn't something we make happen because we, we say a prayer rather than ask it. We are, when we talk about being a governmental family, and we have Shavuot right around the corner, I want you guys to be so expectant and excited because we are walking in such alignment with Shavuot and what it represents. And Shavuot is such a critical feast because of all it represents. And during Shavuot in history, like she's, she's talked about and pointed out, I want us to realize when we, when we talk about original intent, this isn't, this, this is what I mean when I say things are so clear right now, because we, he, he had a garden with, with two people in it and it was, there was no problems. Right. And then we screwed it up and got off track. And then you, you know, read, read the Bible. (laughs) What happens on Shavuot during Shavuot at any given time in history, what's happening is that Yahweh is expecting a harvest from a garden that he's recultivating so that we can go back to the original. Because Shavuot's about harvest. If we were all farmers, we would fully understand we can't expect anything to be produced from this lot, from this portion that we have, unless we sow into it, unless we cultivate it. And not only that, but you have to understand the timing. You have to understand that you have to do these things at the right times and the right cycles to reap a harvest from what you've sown. And I think a lot of us, my hope, and when I talk about expectancy, and when we've, we've talked about the counting of the Omer and the pledges and all this stuff, is that we're actively sowing because we understand the dynamic of sowing and reaping. We can't reap anything if we're just sitting on the sideline hoping things are going to happen, or we miss the cycle or the timing, and we decide, oh, now I want to do it, and it's not the right time. You can't expect a harvest from that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we are beginning to walk as a governmental family because we have we have hit a flow where we're in alignment and walking out these dynamics. Mm-hmm. I want you guys to turn to Exodus 19. I want to read this to you again. Cuz we're we're going to we're going to walk some things out on Shavuot. I heard Yahweh say, and and I've had this in my heart for probably three years, commissioning. Yahweh's been saying, you're going to start commissioning. And I'm like, next week? No, not next week. (laughs) Next month? No. And this is like three years ago. I'm going through this whole, now? No. But Shavuot, he said, now. Mm -hmm. Three years. He's been saying, commission. And this Shavuot came and I was like, he said, commission him on Shavuot. 
So Moses went up to God. Adonai called to him from the mountain. He said, Say this to the house of Jacob and tell Bani Yisrael, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. I separated you Mm -hmm. from something. Mm -hmm. I divested you from something. This is how this is how crazy in alignment we are. And this is when governance starts to manifest as a byproduct when you start walking in alignment with Mm -hmm. his times and his feasts. He separated them, brought them to himself. If you listen closely to my voice and keep my covenant, then you will be my own treasure from among all people for all the earth is mine. So as for you, you will be a kingdom of Kohanim and a holy nation. That word is priest. Priest. You will be a Kohanim, a priesthood. Right? If you think back to when we talked about pledges, it was very clear in the word that loyalties, which is pledges, precedes priesthood. So here we are divesting. We're setting ourselves apart. We're engaging loyalties. We're exchanging pledges, right, for the sake of covenant. And that's preceding our, our capacity, our ability to walk in priesthood. And you have this dynamic where Shavuot, you have Mount Sinai, you have Acts, and basically what Yahweh is doing is, like I said, he's recultivating and he's expecting a harvest. He's commissioning. What did he do after Acts 2? Why why did he give them power from on high? Mm -hmm. So they could go fulfill a commission. You, we're, Yahweh, this wasn't my idea. Yahweh said three years ago for, is it next week? When's Shavuot? Two weeks ago. He told me this three years ago. He gave me this word commission. Got me all crazy and didn't tell me, no, it's going to be three years from now. So then I could not think about it. Yahweh put that, he deposited that Mm -hmm. to commission all of you that are here two weeks from now on Shavuot commission to go build why what is what is the last thing in the great commission go back to that sermon about loyalty what's the last thing he he directed in the great commission no after that that's what everybody locks on no after that the last part of the commission huh nope hmm he says Teach them to keep my commandments. So he's, he's, he's expecting a harvest because he's been recultivating. He's been sowing seeds to reap a harvest so that we can be set apart, so that we can be commissioned, so that ultimately we can teach other people to go back to the beginning. Come on. You know what's crazy is at Sinai... He gives you the written commandments. He gave them to Moshe to convey to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Right? This whole time, his people are getting off track. So he brings Moshe to Mount Sinai and says, let me reiterate my instructions to you. Let me reiterate to you in a form or a fashion that will serve as a way for you to get back to me. Right? But it's a physical, it's like, here, here. Right. Here's my commandments, Moshe. Go tell everybody about it. Right? 
But then that still doesn't fully work. So then we get to the, the renewed covenant with Yeshua, right? And Yeshua says, I have to leave so that those commandments can be written on your heart. Because it wasn't enough to just give this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, okay, I'm going to make it really easy for you. Don't worry about this anymore. It's just written internally on your heart. <laughs> so then they can be commissioned, ultimately, yes, to go do all those things. But the last and most important thing is, oh, and by the way, teach mm-hmm. them, disciple them to keep my commandment. So the Great Commission is ultimately pointing everybody back to the Torah. Right? That he gave us in written form. That wasn't enough. Then he said, oh, I'm going to put it on your heart. I'm going to empower you from on high. Go spread the gospel, baptize everybody, make disciples, and point them back to the Torah. So when we talk about commissioning, think about the dynamics that we've been operating in. Most times we're just, we just feel led or we're obedient to the direction and how many know that Yahweh doesn't always tell you go do this because this this and this he just says go to Jerusalem and wait hopefully you were rehearsing all the years before and I won't seem so crazy right (laughs) yeah but we we want we want this because it is real we don't want anybody to be Oh, you know, we're just playing church. We're just, we're just, listen. Well, here's, here's an example of covenant, what you just did with Derek with the written word, right? So then we go, oh, great. I don't have to read that. It's in my heart. But if you have to teach someone what's in your heart, there's actually more... <laughs> Uh, there's actually more responsibility to say all of this is inside of me. So it's my responsibility to understand what's inside of me. It would be like saying I got married and then it was my job to teach everyone about marriage, but I never had to learn my husband or learn how to operate in a partnership. I'm just married and we're, I don't even know what we're doing. I, I, I talk to him once a week. Uh, He makes me good coffee, and I show up for the donuts. He's got a great conversation. That one day a week, I'm like, yes, you sound awesome. Okay, I'm going home to go watch TV. That was great, right? Like, I'm just talking about what it was like, right? So you have no idea what you have a renewed covenant with, and then you're supposed to go out and teach it. So that's what, you know, when you were talking about like playing church is that the reality is, is that we're not trying to say it's in our heart because it's just, you know, but that, but that there's an, there's a, there's an aspect of understanding what is in our heart to be able to go and teach it. We just want everybody to just let it fully soak in that what we've been, what Yahweh has been taking us through and what he's doing is to sustain you beyond Shavuot. It's agricultural. The reason why they gave their first fruits was because they knew there was a promise that the rest of their year would be sustained. So think of it back, bring it back to what we've been doing and what Yahweh's been leading us. 
exchanging loyalties, developing family pledges, because I wholeheartedly 2000% believe that going through that process and being commissioned will sustain each and every family that has taken the time to sow during these 50 days. Each and every family, if we were farmers and one was like, I'm just going to do it next season. (laughs) Well, sucks for you for the rest of the year. That's how real it is. There is a sustainability that is going to be inherent and a manifestation of going through this process when we sow and we reap and we understand that. And also understanding that the Father has recultivated land because He expects a harvest from us. He expects that from us. And so just wanting to really just stir excitement and anticipation for Shavuot and the commissioning. I am so excited. I feel like so many things are coming into, uh, so many things that I've heard that have been unseen on this earth that have only been visions or inspirations in my head from Yahweh or in my spirit are become, are beginning to be seen. Shavuot's one of them. This house is one of them. Uh, there's, there's people here in this body now that we've gotten prophetic words about very specifically and you're sitting here now. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And it could be different people at different times, right? But I mean, it's just, it's crazy to see those things transpiring now. So just be encouraged, be anticipating, be confident in going through the process, mm-hmm. right? We're not people looking for the outcome. If Yahweh, was, if, if Yahweh wanted people to be awesome at the outcome, he would tell you what the outcome was so you could line up with it. But he doesn't do that. He just says, go over there mm-hmm. and wait. <laughs> and, you, and those who went and waited, so over here, throw your net on the other side. Right? He didn't say, throw it on this side and you'll get this many fish. He just said, why don't you try throwing it on the other side? They could have said, we've been doing this for years. <laughs> we don't throw it on that side. Right? <laughs> who throws it on that side? And who are you? And he's like, no, trust me. Just throw it on that side. Right? We laugh, but that's kind of normal. He comes in and says something, and we're like, no, that's... So fast forward to uh, remnant people that are hungry, that are willing to go through the process, and he starts saying, why don't you uh, take a look at these holidays, you know, and or whatever. He starts taking us through these processes, and, and we just have to follow his lead. So when he's asking us to sow, and he's asking us to do pledges, and he's asking us to do all these things... It is not out of, uh, you know, this would sound nice. Let's develop a schedule to just keep people busy, and this sounds good, and it's in the Word, and we'll, we'll just play church. We are, we are not playing. This is so, in my entire 40 years of life, it is like so clear and profound to me right now that governance will be a result of us being willing to go through this process and yes. honoring what he honors. Yes. Governance will absolutely be a result. Amen. Yes, amen. Well, that is the that is the priesthood. And uh, one more thing about Shavuot is to under when he's talking about a harvest, is he always so good? There's always more. 
right? There was the first harvest at Pesach. This is the second harvest. That's what I mean. This, that harvest, I feel like was him. It was common. It was the barley harvest. It was easy in the sense it was given, right? This one's a little bit different. It's the wheat harvest. It's the you harvest. This is where the priest waves the two loaves. And this is what I meant by I'm not necessarily teaching on the fullness of it, but we have to remember that this is the harvest that prophesies that two houses will become one. So this is where the bread and you actually do something with the harvest. Think about it, barley, wheat, and then they're making bread. They're actually making something. The priest waves two loaves of bread to prophesy that two houses will become one because right now we're a house divided, Jew and Gentile, even though he says not to be because we're bringing forth a government that is his kingdom, not man's kingdom. I say that because he's talking about it's to bring you forward. This harvest is all about you, is what I'm trying to get at. This is the wedding. This is the part that says, I belong to him and I receive the abundance of my husband. This is between me and him. This is it's in my heart. Then from that point moving forward is what are you going to do with that? Because there is a feast of the ingathering, which is the third harvest time, which is the fruit harvest, which is tabernacles. And that is what we are rehearsing and why we walk with authority, why we walk with power. So this point up to now has been to sanctify yourself, to receive the ring, to say, I belong to you and only you and nothing else. And with that power, I move forward to release a government that will bring forth another harvest, which is the fruit harvest, where the two houses will dwell together at Tabernacles. You see the forward progression of how that goes and then how we get to every then year we get to keep and continue to rehearse because at Tabernacles, that is the civil new year. And then you go through the whole thing again and then you've got the night season. Then he says, you get to try again and then you get to have Pesach and then it's another day season. And then, and it just keeps going and going and going. But now we understand. Now it's starting to click or make sense. But I just want to hone in that Shavuot, Pesach was very personal. It was moving a family from one place to another so that the individual could be transformed. The individual could be given power so that we can open up our dwelling place for the nations to come in for him to dwell at Tabernacles. Amen. So we are on week four, day six. That's today, day 34. So tomorrow's day 35 and it's going to shift and we will be into the fifth week, which is the Yesod, which next week is all about your foundations. Get excited. How about foundations in loving kindness? How about foundations in beauty, right? So this is all of next week is all about foundations. So we are going to be stepping over the threshold into a new foundation on Sunday. So get excited about that. Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom Heirs International. If you have received insight and revelation with this message, we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry. You can do that at kingdomheirsflag.org. Thank you.